Welcome back to Quiet Moments with Quilla, Redefining Life's Chaos, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Quilla, share many of the chaotic moments that I've had in my life, like being born with spina bifida, being date-raped as a teen, married young, divorced young, motherhood after 40, throw in a couple of brain surgeries, that's pretty much what you get. And I take the time to redefine those moments looking through God's view, seeing how he was and is always there. I never took the time to reevaluate what I was going through until now. And it all makes sense. When you redefine something, you give it a new meaning and a new interpretation. The world wants you to feel out of control, but God's will, God's will is that you put your trust in him with no other major instructions needed. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, New Living Translation says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So let's take the time together and redefine chaos because it's sure to come, but God is surely greater. Hey people, God is doing a new thing. Last episode, I told y'all I was going to start having um, guests, special guests or, you know, um, and I was going to stop telling y'all all of my business <laughs> and start telling y'all other people's business. Because, let's face it, everybody's been through something chaotic. Um, not everybody has chosen to redefine it. But, you know, if you do choose to redefine it, you'll see how he was and he is always there for you as well. So, we're going to dive into somebody else's business, somebody else's chaos. She's going to redefine some things and she's going to show you, tell you ha, um, how God was and is there for her in her life she's gonna provide so much encouragement so much knowledge I'm telling y'all y'all gonna want to download this one i'm gonna want to take notes because when she get it she get it um so let's get it y'all i want to introduce to you guys one of my friends i don't use that word loosely y'all remember monica from that first season you know the friend that slept with the husband you know I do not call people friend but this one here she is my friend there is depth when I say that because she gets me um she gets me on so many levels that people just they just can't they can't they don't they won't she gets me um she lets me be free without judgment or Bible bashing but check it she will let me know that I need to get my life together. She will let me know what thus saith the Lord. Um, she'll let me get all my all my all my stuff out, and then she'll like, all right, so you ready? Check it, boom. Um, and she's slick with it, but I love it. So she's actually also um, one of the ones, the one that gave me tips on how to get started with the all the things that I did last year, like the book, um, this here fancy Nancy podcast. She gave me all the tips and tidbits. And there are so many other things that she helped me start and obviously continue. So without further ado, let me introduce to you, Mrs. <clears throat> I, I say that differently now because she she got like 90 days under her belt, y'all. She thinks she's some. Uh, Mrs. Alexis M. Lott. Hey girl. Hello. How are you? <laughs> yep. That's that's how I am. <laughs> that's how you are. Okay, yep, got we, it. We, we, we talking about your chaos, not mine. Okay, all right. All right. Understood. Understood. All right. So you know what? 
I usually just kind of jump right on into, you know, folks is here for the for the for, for the, the goodies. Stuff. Yeah, right. they're here for the stuff. So give me give the people um, a short bio of Alexis M. Lots. Who is Alexis? Okay, so right now um, I am a life coach and a brand strategist. So what I do for people and how I serve my community is that I um, help, of course, with coaching women through trauma. My tagline is that I lead women into purpose and out of trauma. And then as a brand strategist, my responsibility after being a business owner since 2014 is to help small business owners with effective marketing campaigns, telling their story online and, you know, getting around the hump of digital media. So that's what I do in the day um, during my spare time. Um, I am a wife now, newlywed of all of 90 days. Um, God is definitely moving and shifting some things in my life that have... um, He's just good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Ain't he though? Right, he is. So I've been um, a native of Columbus, Georgia. So a little city um, about an hour, 30 minutes outside the Atlanta airport. Um, and I am 31. I'll be 32 in a few more weeks. Yes. Can't think about yes. it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I had to think about it. And I was like, wait a minute. So I would say another month, but I mean, it literally is a few more weeks. So... Um, I don't have any kids. It's just me just kind of, you know, starting out. But this this is me. So this is Lex. <laughs> Trauma coach, leadership coach, and brand strategist. Amen. And all that good stuff. All the things. All the things. Amen. Um, all right. So I know I personally know a lot of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, baby, it was some stuff. <laughs> you, you got some stuff, <laughs> in, got your, some stuff. in your couple of years to be born on this here earth. You got some stuff. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I know that that's why you and I connect so well. Um, because you got some stuff. We got different sets of stuff, but then somewhere in there, is, we got some similarities. Uh, let's go on a journey with Alexis M. Lott. Give us some, ease us into the chaos. Like, don't just knock I, us out. I, I, I can't ease us in because in order for me you to tell my in. story... It starts from it the starts beginning. Off it starts it, it pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah, okay. it starts off from the beginning. A Straight mess. out the gate. Straight yeah. out the gate. So, um, let's start with how I got here, how I was born. <laughs> so, number one, um, um, you call a reference as, you know, having a lot of common. So, I was born with the chronic illness, sickle cell disease. Um, if you don't know what that is, it is the largest genetic disorder in um, the world, primarily affecting people of color, Mediterranean, Hispanic, and Italian descent. Um, it causes the blood cells to sickle um, when there's not enough oxygen in the blood. It's hereditary, you can't catch it. Um, but I have the full blown and the most severe common, uh, the most common and the most severe version of the disease. So there are a few different versions of the disease, but I have the most severe and the most common one. Um, so that was discovered by doctors at six weeks old. Um, how I got here. My story is, of course, I was raised for like the first three years of my life by a single mother. Um, I was born because of a situation that happened with infidelity. I will say that uh, 
the military base down here, we have one really close to us called Fort Benning. Mm -hmm. And it's home to a lot of soldiers. And, you know, back in the day, in the 80s, the thing was, you know, date a soldier so they can help you get out the city and, you know, not live in your hometown. <laughs> marry and, uh, up. Marry, marry up. up. Right. Yeah, yeah, and the soldier was seen as marrying up. Mm -hmm. Well, long story short, um, at the time that I was conceived, my biological father was engaged at the time to another woman in another state. Um, and my mom was pregnant. Um, so he had to tell, you know, everyone about one another. Um, <laughs> and my stepmother at first, you know, you know, from what I understand, the family stories is, you know, she called off the wedding, blah, blah, blah. But eventually they got married. And so on my father's honeymoon mm. to my stepmother, they get a phone call that I was born. Girl. So... That's Girl. how. <laughs> pow, 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 out the gate, out the gate, foolery. So that was that was me. And by the time my mother, um, about three years later, four years. By the time I was four years old, my mom was married. Um, and so I was raised with my biological mother and my stepfather. But I always had my biological father and my stepmother. So I am the only child between the two of them. Um, they were together long enough to make me, and you know, there's still some some some, some stuff surrounding that. <laughs> ah! If we was really dating or whatever, um, I have three siblings on my father's side of the family, and then I have a sister with my mother's side of the family. So I have in total three sisters and one brother, um, and I'm the oldest out of all of them. So I was raised pretty much at my grandma's house. Um, my mom worked to get her, you know, get off the ground. She had finished college before I got here. But, you know, she um, hustled and, you know, got us into some better financial circumstances, got us off, you know, the East Highland, uh, South Side area of town, which is where I grew up in Warren mm -hmm. Williams. So, you know, every time my mom elevated in life, you know, she, she shifted and moved us. So her, by the time I grew up, I grew up in uh, what's now known as East Columbus, and, um, you know, I had a pretty good childhood. The things that I do remember, um, my childhood was okay. It was once I got into the middle school years that life got rough. Mm -hmm. And I think we can <clears throat> pause here and go into our second level of chaos. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was the beginner yeah. level. That was the teaser. Right. That you were um, born through mm -hmm. infidelity. Right. And you were born with... with Sickle cell. cell. Yes. All right. So that's that's it. That's your foundation right that, there. That, that's the foundation. So we building on we building on top of chaos mm -hmm. to some more chaos to some more chaos. All right. All right. Okay. So cue cue the middle school years. By the time I was in middle school, I had been molested. Um, by the time I was in middle school, things at my house and living in the house with my mother and my stepfather had begun to get a little rocky. Um, and of so, course, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the molestation was that um, elementary junior? Oh, the molestation was definitely elementary. So that was, I would say somewhere between six and seven. Okay. Yeah, that's when that happened. So I lived with that root, but did not understand until I got in high school um, what that was. And I'll circle back to that later. So we're going to put a pin right there. Got it. But so I'm in... Um, Middle school, my stepfather takes over the discipline of the home, and things don't go too well. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that from the about the fourth or fifth grade to the night before my high school graduation, um, I was abused and on and off cyclically in that relationship. 
Um, so if you don't know, like if you're in an abusive relationship, um, what you learn is that abuse survivors and in, in, in trauma, traumatic households, you go through what's called cycles, which is why it's so hard for, sometimes for people to leave because it's not always toxic. So what happens is you go through what's called the honeymoon period and this is how you start off. So you go through the honeymoon period, things are smooth. Then you go through the agitation period where, you know, you, mm-hmm. you two are getting on each other's nerves. Things are starting to happen. That's marriage, baby. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, from the agitation period, you flow into the actual violence um, because somebody has decided to do something about the agitation. So for me, it would be, you know, not taking in the trash, not washing the dishes, uh, being sassy, you know, talking too much. It was never grades, academics, friends, none of that. It was always you are not enough. Stuff. Yeah, nitpicky stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're not enough because of household chores that didn't get done. And you're not showing us that you respect us and appreciate things and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, then the violence will go too far. He would kind of snap out of it, understand, oh, this is wrong. And then you flow back into the honeymoon period because that's when that person is trying to make up for it. So that cycle continued in my life over and over again until the night before my high school graduation where um, I was supposed to walk across the stage with heels on and I had to wear flats because Mm-mm. my feet were literally, if you've ever been in a fist fight before, you know, your the tendons in your hands, they lock up. Well, my feet had locked up. By that point, my father, who had been, uh, had a military career. Wait, Halls. So, you see it. Your hands and your feet lock up when you've been into a fist fight, but you didn't tell us about the fist fight. Who you fight? I wasn't in a fist fight. My what? feet locked up. Ah. Because that night, I went to, the police got called, all kind of chaos. It was just a mess. Okay. I went to my biological father's house because at that point, he had decided to live in Columbus so that he and I could start to establish a relationship. Okay. And so you got into a physical altercation with your stepfather on the night before my high school graduation. Boom. Got it. Right. Okay. Mm. And, um, you know, because when you're going through that period of time, I think in that looking back over my high school years and middle school years, it was all kind of building to that point. Mm. That was the first time that my mother had ever seen him abuse me after me telling her that this stuff was going on okay. for years. Okay. And asking her, can you please get me out this house? Um, and so that was, I think, the roots of bitterness and then, of course, wanting to be accepted by guys, not understanding that I was really looking for my father. Um, Mm -hmm. I was looking for a fathering voice. I was looking for someone to love and accept me. So I had extreme abandonment issues. I also had Mm -hmm. hypersexuality because the root of the trauma from being molested is agitated during that time where I get no attention, no love. If Mm -hmm. anything, pure hatred. Like living in a house where your parents have become your enemy is a very hard place to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was where I was for years. So, you know, after I graduate, you know, there's this mindset, I, I, I think, you know, in black families that, oh, you know, we can wait till you get 18 and you can take all the, you can take up your share of the responsibilities. Of course. And we kick our kids out of the house at 18 and they're not ready for the real world. Um, and we make them not being ready as a reflection on them because I taught you everything you need to know. You need to do this, oh, this, 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 and this. So the mindset at that time, I knew I had to leave the house at okay. 18. I knew I couldn't come back. Regardless um, if you were ready or regardless not. Regardless if I was ready or not, okay. I knew I couldn't come back. And so I bounced around between my house, my aunt's house, my daddy's house, my friend's house for about three years. So from about 18 oh, wow. to about 21, I bounced everywhere. Okay. That was the roughest season of my life. 
Um, I was suicidal. I was in and out of the clubs. I was partying. I was drinking. I was smoking. Like, you name it. I did it. Self-sabotage. Right. I mean, just all that. I had no goals, no sense of self. And what I did not understand at the time is that the doctors would later come back and say, Alexis, you have PTSD. So your brain not understanding how to manage the trauma, you just spiraled out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's what we get to 2010. So I graduated in 2007. So between 2007 and about spring of 2010, my life was nothing but chaos. Mm-hmm. It was dark. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18, 21, I think those are some of the wildest seasons in anybody. Ah, yes, sir. <laughs> anybody. Yes, sir. You wide open. Wide open. Yes, yeah. Woo, woo. All right, Jesus. Just... Hold a minute. Give me a section. Woo, uh, uh, I'll yeah. be back. I'll be back. I'll I'm be coming. Back. I'm coming back, Lord. Right. But give me this here, right here. All right. Give yeah. me this section to a uh, foolery to yeah. go and have what we say, have fun. Boy. And I'm back. And I'm back. But <laughs> here's the thing that was happening to me during that time. So when I was bouncing to go to my biological father's house, my dad had since turned his life around and become an ordained minister in his church denomination. Oh my. And if you was at their house, you was going to church. Period. There was no. There was no if and buts. There was no debate. You weren't staying in the bed. Like, you was getting up and going to church. And I knew this about them culturally because at one point in my father's military career, they were stationed in Fort Benning, you know, with him, my sister, my brother, my stepmother. And um, they went to church then. So I kind of knew that's the, that was their family okay. standard yeah. expectation. They went to church. Mm-hmm. And I started to volunteer at this church, um, started to sing in the choir started to go to youth ministry and it was during this time where I could tangibly feel and understand God's pursuit of me um not to say that he hadn't been the whole time Mm -hmm. but I definitely tangibly remember being filled with the Holy Spirit in 2008 and having that encounter with God but still not being ready to let go mm-hmm. of my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I was in one of the biggest tug of wars of my life. And it was either I was going to surrender fully to what God wanted me to do and who he wanted me to become. Or I was going to continue to live the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. And in about 2010 was when I decided, you know, God had done some things. He had shown me true colors of friends. He had shown me the environment that I was in. Everything was toxic. I was toxic. So I couldn't necessarily say, oh, it was them. You know, I'm not a victim. Like, Mm -hmm. I was a toxic person. Mm -hmm. And as God, you know, began to gently clean me up, one of the first things that happened to me was I asked, you know, God for guidance on this journey. And I walked up to a lady in our church and I looked at her and I said, I need a life coach. Oh, wow. And she was like, okay. And when I tell you, I'm a brown girl, just as brown as they get. And everyone at this church is white. And not only are they white, they are conservative Republicans. Everything about them is different culturally than what I know. Mm-hmm. But I walked up to her and I said, I need a life coach. And it was three people in that season. My life coach, my college and career pastor, and the lead pastor of that church at the time. Not my parents, not my daddy. Mm-hmm. But those three people who see the world differently than me, different skin color than me. They saw something in me and they began to nurture me as a leader. And I believe it was when I knew I had someone in my life looking out for me, pushing me to want to become better, that church and the whole idea of being Christian began to click for me. 
um, because at first it didn't. It was just a bunch of stuff. It was just a bunch of religion. It was just a bunch of things mm-hmm, we did on Sunday mm-hmm, morning. Mm-hmm. Um, because behind the scenes, mm. what I used to do was compare my daddy's household to my mama's oh, household. Wow. And try to say that one was better than the other because one was more connected to God. Oh, my. And as I grew, oh I realized, that sis, that ain't it. That ain't it. None of them have themselves together in the way that you have imagined this in your brain. And so if I wanted my life to change, it was my responsibility. I could no longer blame my oh, stepdaddy. I could no longer blame my mama. Now, true, I was wounded, and the Lord uh-huh. in his own way began to heal those wounds. But I could no longer say that my wounds were someone else's responsibility. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. How long does it take for us to get to Ooh. that revelation? It takes a while. Baby, I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> um, I might be at the, the end of the word while. I might be on the E. W-H-I-L-E. Because I'll be looking like, yeah, no, I didn't have this until you. You, you came you, around. Yeah, you. This is your stuff. Right. Um, but I, I get it. I get it. To mm-hmm. But to get it at such an early age um, is mind-blowing because that's a whole nother level of understanding. Mm-hmm. That, that, that. And even to say that you uh, recognized and realized God's pursuit of you. Yeah. Man, how do you even know that? Or how do you even get to that beyond the blinders of the chaos? How do you know God is pursuing you and you're getting burned by the fire? How how you see God in in the fire? That's kind of like where I'm at with that. How do I see God in the fire? How you knew he was pursuing you and you were still going through the muck i asked him oh you asked him to come get i just you? i just no i just no one day i will tell you i asked him i said lord because the church that i went to at the time was a very prophetically inclined church okay okay so and we have that thread in common too so what i mean by that for anyone not understanding what that means is that people with the gift of prophecy um are people who stop and listen to what's happening in the moment and they're not just preaching a sermon based off something that they have rehearsed. Mm-hmm. They're feeling the needs of the people in the moment. And so the lead pastor of the church at the time, hands down was a prophet. Like he, he just, he's in that office, that's just who he was. And I asked God, I'll never forget one day, um, I was in my room back at my mama's house because I had to go back because I was broke. Yeah. And I asked the Ooh, Lord. Go back to your broken place. Go back Come to on. your broken place, right? <laughs> and go get it right and then you can leave. But Come anyway, on. that's another sermon. Yeah. But yeah. I asked God, I said, Lord, if this is you, mm. I need you to show me. Mm-hmm. I need you to give me a sign. Mm-hmm. I need to know that this is you doing this for me. And I'll never forget that day. I got, I got to church that Sunday and the title of that sermon, I'll never forget it. The title of that sermon is called was called It's Time to Move from This Mountain. And the way that he orchestrated this sermon, he talked about the children of Israel and why they kept wandering in the desert. And basically he pulled out a map and he showed, he said the children of Israel were literally making a left turn and they kept making that same turn over and over and over again and they were in a cycle. Mm-hmm. And if they literally physically would have just turned right, they would have been right where oh, they wow. needed to be to put them on track to walking wow. to Israel from Egypt. And so he said, um, you know, he called an altar, you know, you know had an altar call, mm-hmm. called for people to come down. 
And I got down there and he looked at me. He said, this sermon was for you today. Did you cry? The, my, <laughs> did you cry? Holla. Did you, did you? <laughs> but he warned me. He Ooh. warned me. He said to me, he was like, if you keep going down this path, mm-hmm. he said, the way that he worded it, I knew what he meant by that, mm-hmm. that this was going to lead to your death because mm-hmm. you are doing stuff. And he didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know any other stuff that I was doing. Right. But a combination of, you know, trying illicit drugs, having sickle cell, and having raggedy and ratchet friends, somewhere in there, I mean, we was in places that we went didn't have no business. Yeah. Not wholly unacceptable. <laughs> Not, uh-uh, uh-uh, until the Lord, no. <laughs> so between that, you know, sex outside of marriage, all the, any, any of those doors could have led to death. Yeah. Especially combined with me not liking my life inside of my body and having sickle cell. Yeah. So the way that he worded it, I knew that if I kept going down this path, there, there, there was nothing for me, nothing. And the way that he positioned this statement, he was like, you know, you cannot keep doing this. Where you are, you can't keep doing it. And I remember what it was like to, to hear the very first warning that I got that said, your life is in danger. And I understood later on that there was a timeline that God had orchestrated for things to begin to happen in my life. And I was outside of that timeline. I could feel it. I don't know, you know, a lot of people fool themselves, but mm-hmm. when you are outside of God's grace and his will, you know, you know. it. Boy, you know boy, 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 boy. <laughs> you, you know it. You try to play dumb. You, you try you try dumb. to play dumb, but when that when that hedge of protection is gone, it's like the craziest stuff happens to you. You begin pulled up by the police. Yeah. You get bills you don't expect to get. The dumbest random stuff. The dumbest stuff. And I, I knew I was in that lane. And so. <laughs> God, this ain't you. All yeah, right. right. I, I know this ain't uh-huh. you. Right. This is all this me. This all me. All me. When I'm you, sorry. When you, when you, when you mucking it up, you mucking it up. <laughs> so I was definitely warned. I asked God, was this him pursuing me? And that was just the beginning. He kept on. Um, and so I will say to anyone listening to this, what was my redefining my chaos in that moment? I didn't necessarily trust everyone around me cause I had had been violated and wounded deeply. Mm-hmm. I will say my, my one regret was not, um, going to a licensed therapist sooner in my journey. Theology and therapy? Theology and therapy. Oh, okay. Just checking, just checking. My life coach helped me understand a lot of myself. Um, She just really helped me understand a lot of myself and why I was constantly in conflict with people and what was happening to me and how to perceive and understand my own personality. So I got professional coaching, um, what's called executive coaching, where they walk you through how to understand your personality, your Myers-Briggs, your blah, 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 and how people perceive you. So that was life coaching. It was life coaching. Not necessarily therapy. Therapy, correct. Okay. But every single Sunday, I was in a place where spiritually I was receiving the word of God and I was hungry for God Mm -hmm. and God was changing my life around. And, and one of the biggest things that he did for me during that time was help redeem my college education because I was almost at the point where I could have flunked out. And so literally my college career, um, was the time that I can say I got saved. And then from there, some leadership changes happened at the church that I was at. 
um, I left that church and I followed a friend of mine who I had met in college. And this is how strategic God was. Hmm. Her and I had a class together and we didn't like each other because we were in a group project. And for some odd reason, all the black girls in the class decided to be on the same team. What we did that for, I don't no. understand. Yeah, no. Right. No. But we end up, of course, you know, having issues with one another. And so there was a girl on the team who she just took everything so seriously. But one day, I'm on my social media account, and she has invited me to a Bible study. I don't know what the world. The girl, the girl, you the girl, girl, the girl, girl you don't like. Right. She can invite me to a Bible study. So she invites me <laughs> to a Bible study. And no, I, Jesus, no. All right. And I had enough Holy Ghost what? to know that he said, you need to go to that Bible study. Ooh. And I was like, what? He said, no, you need to go. Ooh. Long story short, we become the closer friends then. I end up going to the church that she was at, which interestingly enough, when my aunt had, um, one of my aunts plays a very significant role in my life as far as parenting. She had taken me to this church years before. Oh, wow. And um, if anybody knows who it is, it's Dr. Ann L. Hartman. So I had been at this church years before. And as a matter of fact, the year that the doctors found a very serious issue in my body with my liver, Dr. Hartman was the person who laid hands on my liver and told me to be healed, but this was before doctors even knew I had an issue. Wow, so she prophesied. So she prophesied to mm-hmm. me there. So God had just been dropping these little breadcrumbs. Yeah. These little yeah. breadcrumbs. Huh. My friend and I, we end up He was and he is always there. And always there. Uh-huh. So her and I get really close, um, and she, I begin to go to church with her, and from there, that's when I can honestly say my faith just my faith in myself and in God's voice just exploded and once again I was in an environment around prophetic people and that was where um, I met my now husband who honestly I had met him in college but just did not like him I would have you don't like nobody no mm -mm, you ain't like your friend that took you to church you ain't like your husband ain't like nobody no well both of them it's more than just me in this scenario Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all heard that right more than just me. I ain't like nobody. But 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 that's just a, t- uh, a tale of what trauma does to you. You put yeah. up you just you put up walls. Yeah. You know, you make it hard for people to enter in. But I will say that once I got rooted and grounded a little bit more in my faith, um, did happen at this church called Faith Worship Center, which is where I'm at now. And when I met my husband, um, we were clearly just friends. Um, I had no idea our relationship would evolve to the place that it's in now. He was your assistant or something, right? Well, no, we served Intern. we served on a team together for ah. someone else. So, okay, um, one of our brothers in Christ is a Christian rapper, and he his wife, um, who is uh, we're all friends now, started a project to help him get his album off the ground. Okay. And they, you know, recruited me in as the graphic designer and KD. My husband was um, the event manager. He's really good at that stuff. And so we worked together to help build this album for my friend. Mm-hmm. But one night we mm-hmm. decided. One night? We're going to pray together. <clears throat> one night? One night. One night. We Come were on, like, you know. for one night, Luther? If only for no? one night. Yeah. So we decided, ah! you know, I would go pick him up from work. Girl, he had no car, nothing, none of that. So None of the things you would think was going to be your boo. Not, not, not my boo. What That's you mean it. my boo ain't got no car? No. Right. No, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for him like that, that when I say at all whatsoever, I mean whatsoever. But you know what, though? That goes back to another moment. So many moments. But long story <laughs> short, he and I end up, you know, being interested in one another. We spent a lot of time together. We all prayed together as a team. We just, we spent a lot of time together. We did life together, which is what discipleship really is. 
And during that time, it was interesting because um, I remember our first argument. So we start dated in January 2018. Our first argument was in February. And girl, I argued with him about the stupidest thing. I honestly can't even remember what it was. But long story short, Holy Spirit once again was like, sis, you punishing him for pain that he didn't put here. And yeah. this, you really got to go talk to somebody about. Ooh. Told y'all, told y'all. <laughs> me and her connect on levels y'all don't get. Right. Woo-woo. Like, you really need to go talk to somebody. Because yeah. I can send you this man and you're going to run him away. Because <laughs> of your stuff. Because of your stuff. stuff. He ain't bring this. You brought this. You brought this on over him. Oh, wow. So, mm. you know, I went to therapy. And yeah. it took me a minute to shop for the right therapist, you know. Mm-hmm. And but once I found the you right have to person, shop for the right therapist. You do. We got to get it right. You do. You can't just be with you anybody. Can't just, you can't just have anybody as a doctor, and, and, you, and you know good help when you get it. Amen. You, you know it. Mm-hmm. So my therapist has been in my life since 2018, and I will say that that therapy has been the best investment in myself I could have ever done. Not college. Not people, not nothing, but me just just learning myself mm-hmm. through someone who's completely unbiased mm-hmm. um, and doesn't really know me from Adam's Tomcat, who who has who would never be affected by my decision making. That's good. That's good. Right. That so makes sense. I that was how I began to understand, and I had always had this seed in my heart. So back when I was at this uh, church, the first, the one that I actually I can say I was truly saved. Yes. in that church um the college and career pastor at the time he spoke over me and he said alexis your testimony will be used to help deliver and free mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of teenage girls and women mm-hmm. and that seed was in there from the beginning mm-hmm. um and he kind of saw me in this light as a certain type of of, of of female pastor preacher and he you know went through his different seasons i went through mine but that seed had always been in there so now I feel like after 10 years, 2010 until today, 2021, I can honestly say that was my healing process. I didn't know it wow. at the time. Wow. When you're in it, you can't yeah, see it. Yeah, at all. And so now I'm here. Redefining Redefining, it. right. Yeah. Redefining my chaos and looking back at that young woman who is in that journey of just, you know, Every day is a different day. One one day you can just feel all the emotions. The next day you just kind of get through your day. You go to work and it's just normal. And then the day after that, you know, you got some spiritual stuff going on and you don't understand what's happening to you. I'm here for that girl um, who is in the middle of her pain, trying to become the best version of herself, trying to become a leader. And knowing that, since you mucking it up and you need help. And the best thing God can do with us is humility. And to be that person that says, I truly need help. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, there's some place that I'm trying to get in life. And clearly, I'm not the guy to help me get there. <laughs> right, yeah, I can't do this by myself. I need right. a roadmap with the voice, right. please, and thank you. And, and that's where mentorship and leadership therapy and leadership coaching, I will say, comes in. Combined with having a, a licensed therapist. But for me, I had to recognize my strengths and my weaknesses. So I'm definitely... Um, God, Holy Spirit can use you. If you open up your mouth, Holy Spirit can use you to do anything, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's in your anointing. God bless America. Right. God bless America. Wait a minute. Oh, God bless America. You can open. God bless America. Whoa, whoa. See? See? See what? See? See? Woo! 
didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? She ain't gonna Bible bash you, but she gonna let you know. No. Oh, ma'am. That's recorded forever and ever and forever always. Forever and ever and always. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. So, oh, that was good. I definitely understand that when a woman walks into my practice in our time together, God can use me in a therapist position to help her see herself better and help her make sense of her emotions. But my job as a mentor and as a coach is to give you short breakthroughs that come in consistent amount of time to help you build on your leadership skills and your momentum. And so, but God, you know, still uses me in the area of healing. Uh, my area is definitely emotional healing, but I recognize the gift that my coach gave to me and the gift that she gave to me was not always making herself available. And oh, a therapist wow. is someone, you say, I need you. Mm-hmm. Can I make an appointment? Mm-hmm. They are there. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is the one who is always there all always, the time. Always. But a coach's responsibility is that you got a game you need to play. You need a, you have a place that you are trying to get to. And you need someone to help you navigate through A to B. Now, in the middle of that, if, if I recognize we're dealing with some emotional pain here, mm-hmm. then yes, we will talk about it. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm the person that stays in your life long term. Now, my husband, that <laughs> man of God there. Woo, yeah. He, gonna, he will walk he you gonna through. He going to give you the baby food. Then he going to let you try Child. something a little bit hard. Then he going to hold your hand through the stake. He is a pastor if, if I don't know what. So he is not quick to take action to try to get a person to shift. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, KD is very much so. We balance each other. And he's very much so the person that will walk you through life. That's, that's, his, that's just his grace. Um, he does not give up on people easily. He does not put deadlines on them to change. But because he did that, 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 that ain't you. Uh-uh. All right, so I'm gonna check back on Tuesday, right? We gonna have some progress, right? But, right, right. You, you ain't moved yet. You don't want it. All right, yeah, all right. carry on. Moving on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. so you're a life coach. Right. He's the pastor. Yeah, know your lane. Right. Know, know your lane. lane. Know right. Your lane. So, and I also recommend anyone who, you know, comes to my services, you still need to go get a therapist, boo. Um, (laughs) Because because here's the thing. Here's what I believe. God um, is not so, what religion teaches us is that God is not patient. And that God is not in the business of repeating himself. That's not true. God is a God of an echo. So if your coach is saying the same thing to you, your therapist is saying the same thing to you, your spouse is saying the same thing to you, your friends are saying the same thing to you, you get on the internet and hear a sermon clip and it's saying Mm. the same thing, you know, God is in the business of the echo. So, of course, Holy Spirit has been told you this, Mm -hmm. but now he needs to make that same message come Mm -hmm. through all these different vessels. Because you being defiant, (laughs) hard-headed, you don't want to listen. You don't want to listen. Whatever. But that's how he has to deal with us. So, So God's voice ripples through an echo, and I'm a part of that person's healing plan. So that's what I do now. That's how I've redefined my chaos. Amen. Amen. Um, Shoot. It's been hard, but I'm here. Y'all should see us. Like, we literally looking at each other like, ooh, ooh, because that was, ooh, when you hear yourself say stuff. Ah, even even when you're on the other side of it, when you hear yourself say your stuff, when you hear yourself um, say how God brought you through every minute, every magnified, every major, minor, in-between um chaos you know turbulence whatever it was when you thought you was gonna lose your mind when you did lose your mind 
um, God gave it back. You know, nothing was lost. He gave it back. And for, for Alexis and I, what we're choosing to do is in turn sow the seed, law of reciprocation. You know, right. um, God brought us out so that we can bring others out. Okay. Um, so she has, <laughs> she didn't redefine. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't redefine being born um, through infidelity being born with sickle cell, being molested at a young age, being in a parental abusive um, relationship. Uh, God still pursued her and she let him. You know, sometimes even if we're looking for a mate, we want to be pursued. I'm not going to chase no dude and all the things and, you know, he got to make me know that he wants him. Right. I mean, that he wants me. Right. Um, and we, we run, we play the game, we play the game. I'm, a, I'm not gonna answer his phone call on the first ring and all the things. But when God pursues you, <laughs> whew, that, that, that looks totally different. Mm -hmm. You, you have, you, you're anxious to respond to his pursuit. It's not like when a man, you know, man, wife, or a husband and wife type deal, or a mate type pursuance. When God pursues you and you know that it's God, you like, ha, yep, I'm coming. All right, you calling, I'm answering, I see you. Um, and no, it's not easy. Yes, you know, we're making light of it, but as I've shared over the year, you've heard my stuff, as she shared these hot 30, 40 minutes, you've heard her stuff. This this is a journey. Being pursued um, and submitting is a journey because you gotta stop. You gotta you gotta stop and sit in it so that you can wash it off. Like, okay, right. you're taking a bath. It's the residue. How you gonna get clean if you don't sit in the water? When you sit in the water, the water then becomes dirty because your stuff is coming off. You gotta sit in it and then wash it off. Then maybe rinse it off. Sometimes you have to repeat that cycle. But eventually, you'll become clean. You'll become clean enough. You know, um, God doesn't expect perfection. He just mm. requires progress. That's so good. So, I'm cool with making progress. Long as I know I am doing, I'm actively doing what he is requiring, I have peace. I fall off. All right. Yep, fell off. Come on. Pick me, pick me back up and, and, and come on. Um, so, y'all. <laughs> That was my friend. That was my friend. That was my friend. Alexis M. Lott. What y'all thought about that? Y'all thought that was pretty dope? I know y'all can't really respond because this is just audio. But nod your head, clap. I'm sure y'all paused and said amen and all the things. Um, so I hope you, you know, were blessed. I know you were blessed. I know you were encouraged. I know she gave somebody exactly. If, if this was the episode you've been waiting on all this time, Amen and God bless you. Um, uh, I want her, y'all, this is kind of a backwards episode because we recorded uh, <laughs> a couple days ago. And it, it, some things some and things. things yeah, <laughs> some, some things and things. So y'all not going to get that one, okay? But it's fine. Um, so I'm going to let her share her social media tags, um, her website. So get, get your life together real quick. And grab your ink pens or your whatever so you can take notes so you can find Alexis M. Lott 
and she can be your life coach and all your other kind of coaches and she can do some you still do websites and all that I still do stuff. branding yeah yeah okay so boom Alexis tell the people where they can find you so you can find me at <laughs> oh my god let's get okay. really proper all right you ready so no you can find me at www.alexismlott.com um, there you can find anything for business, brand strategy, um, launching your brand, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, there's a tab on the site that says The Cherished Woman. And The Cherished Woman is where the life coaching goes down. So you can go straight to thecherishedwoman.com or you can just hit the tab on alexismlot.com and we can get connected. So what are you you're on i know you're on facebook i know you're on, on instagram facebook instagram twitter all the social medias at alexis m creative okay we, we ain't branched out into the tiktoks no <coughs> sorry y'all so let me tell you all right <coughs> oh don't be sorry. talking her up when i'm talking about the tiktok right what, what is that that mean we gotta do tiktok so i have a tiktok account <laughs> that's, that's what let me tell you. All right. I got a TikTok account, right? Mm-hmm. And I set the whole thing up, blah, blah, blah. But somebody had my ad name because I tried to keep all my stuff the same. Okay. So I really don't know what it is right now. I put, I can pull out my phone. <laughs> but It's okay. It's okay. I have been in my head about doing a video because I wanted to do a TikTok channel just for people with chronic illnesses. Um, but yeah, we'll we, we gonna, yeah. <laughs> Yo, sure. We're going to stop because we got some th- you. <laughs> God I'm is out. doing a new, new thing yes, in this yes. 2021 all right so now it's time for my commercial break check out www.floodgatepurposeandpassions.com so you can see what's popping with me there is my poetry book i am really trying to go ahead and um really something new this year um yeah we'll see what the lord has to say about that but there is my poetry book previous podcast episodes and merchandise you can check me out on all social medias as well um and i do have a tiktok um i don't know what i'm doing but right. <laughs> I, but i got one um and I, I really do like tiktok but um nonetheless you can check me out on all social medias um I, i'm even on twitter don't know my handle but it's fine so share all the pages share my pages share alexis pages um on all your social medias please and thank you because that's free and tell your folks to tell their folks and then all the folks will know that jesus is doing something dope okay all right now another thing i need you to do come back two weeks march 22nd because there may or may not be another guest you gotta come back and see either way i me jaquilla will still be redefining the chaos that was once in my life because thanks God for the victory, the chaos ends now. I am no longer considering what I've been through as chaos. I'm choosing to redefine situations and circumstances, realizing that the chaos brought me closer and the redefining of such gives me total reassurance in my God. And through it all, I am still smiling, all right? All right, all right.